overwhelmed with joy about it and yes. very excited for tonight. And now it's actually happening. I know. That's We've been waiting so for weird. so long. It's we're so excited. Yeah. Uh, so how are you doing? I'm doing good. I, that's Jess. Oh, that's Alex. You probably knew that already, but uh, just in case. Uh, I'm doing good. I had a great Friday the 13th so far. Oh, me too. Well, yeah, me too. Me too. I had to think about it. Although I did um, not allow myself enough time to actually get ready to come here. Because, you know, you want to look cute or whatever. I think you look cute. Uh, I'm going to share with you because I this delights me. I was trying to get ready and I put a dress on and it wasn't right with the sweater. And then I was put another dress on and it wasn't right with that sweater and so on. And I was basically late already because that seems... A, about normal and I put a dress on I was like I don't have a sweater for it and my roommate was helping me she's in the crowd she's lovely I love you uh and I ran into my room I was like I have an idea and I grabbed a pair of leggings and cut a hole and now I have a crotch top (laughs) love that for you yes me too so that was my big win today love that for you genius I really I guess the fun fact is I started this the first thing I said this morning was okay Google Play gotta get through this by David Buddingfield or Daniel Buddingfield so how'd that go for you great I got through it good I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. So uh, we're going to just cut right to the chase today. We're going to tell you a little bit about Urban Legends. Take it away. Yeah. So Urban Legends, obviously a big part of it follows and just, you know, something that's great and fun. And it's like it's usually stories that are circulated as truth, but like secondhand knowledge, like it happened to my friend's friend, my roommate in college, my like boyfriend's girlfriend, whatever. It's never like it happened to them personally. It's always just like. My aunt's some. uncle's son's brother. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, and they're usually some kind of a warning, like, and they often like will give reason to prejudice or make sense of social anxieties. So not always a good thing, but they kind of just like spread. Everyone likes to talk about them, but the term uh, first appeared in print in 1968 by J. Harold Brunvard. Yep. I think that's an N. That sure is. Brunvard. <laughs> who was a professor of English at the university of Utah. And uh, so he kind of coined the term and we've been using it ever since. And I just wanted to share one of my favorite urban legends, uh, the legend of slender man. I don't familiar with slender man. <laughs> Did anybody see the creepy documentary about slender man? Yes. I'm still having nightmares. I, I don't know what to do. with. I that. just played the video game and I loved that, but I was him for Halloween There's a couple a video years ago. Game? There is. There's multiple. They're creepy. I can't play them anymore. I'm changed. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Okay. Uh, I don't have a favorite urban legend because I mean, they're all, they're all just spooky and creepy and I love them all. And I want to go to the places and do all the things, even though they're terrifying. Although I will say I've never played bloody Mary because that one terrifies me too much. I can't do it. It's a great Lady Gaga song though. (laughs) Just throw that out there. Uh, but today, it's kind of an urban legend day because Friday the 13th, like you, we've mentioned a couple times. It's spooky spooky. And we found out there's actually history to why it's Friday the 13th. It's not just like a weird like thing that happened. So the this movie actually came out to in limited release in the U.S. on March, Friday the 13th um, of 2015. So that's kind of a fun release date. And I think that's pretty rad. So some of the possible origins in the Middle Ages... It might have originated from the story of the Last Supper. So there are 13 individuals present present in the upper room on the 13th Nissan Maundy Thursday. 
don't know if I said that right. You did. Uh, oh, okay, good. good. Uh, oh, yeah, you're a Catholic boy. I am. Yeah. I was. Uh, you were a Catholic boy, yeah. <laughs> I'm recovering Catholic. We're good. <laughs> uh, the night before Good Friday, uh, when he died, we all know that he, even for not Catholic <laughs> thing. Jesus. Um, yeah, it's Jesus. <laughs> Spoiler. Um, oh, man. <laughs> if you hadn't heard that one yet, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't worry, he came back three days later. I'm sorry, another spoiler. <laughs> uh, the, mo- uh, one of the most early documented references to it being unlucky was in 1869 by a biogra- in a biography. I'm going to mess this name up. Do you want so. the Italian to do it? D- yes. Giacchino Rossini. Ooh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm That's from the Sparrow like region of Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he was an Italian composer and, uh, he died on Friday the 13th. So there is a book written by Henry Sutherland Edwards and it reads, he being Rossini was surrounded to the last by admiring friends. And if to be true that like so many Italians, he regarded Fridays as an unlucky day and 13 is an unlucky number. It is remarkable that on Friday 13th, of November, he passed away. Dun, dun, dun. So he didn't like Fridays or 13s, apparently. So it's a bad day for him to die. Uh, and then, yeah. Uh, in the 20th century, there was a suggested origin that on Friday the 13th, October 1307, Philip the IV of France uh, arrested hundreds of the Knights of Templar. So not a great day for a lot of people. No. And then there's, this isn't necessarily an origin, but it might be something prevalent to the the origins of it. In 1907, Thomas W. Lawson published a novel called Friday the 13th that probably played a role in making it more prevalent so people knew about it more. And it was a story of an unscrupulous broker who took advantage of the superstition to create a Wall Street panic. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, so that's kind of why we... I'm going to say celebrate Friday the 13th now because yeah. I get excited when it's Friday the 13th. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually kind of a fun day. Yeah. And as mentioned earlier, so tonight is all about It Follows. So I hope. Ooh. Yes. So really quickly, I think most people in this room know it, but we're just going to give a very quick rundown of it because we might have some listeners because we're going to publish this yeah. uh, who might not know the movie too well. You want to take it away for a second? Sure. I'll jump in. Yeah. So the movie it follows, follows a teenage girl who after a sexual encounter is being followed by a monster called the it. Uh, and at first her friends don't really, it's not that, I mean, they don't believe her. They, you know, they kind of think she's just had this very traumatic experience. They're yeah. kind of doing the sure jam thing to her. Yeah, they're supportive, but they're like, oh, honey, let's just let's let's just hug you. Um, and then from there, they start to actually see things starting to happen because she's the only one who can see what is chasing her. And as they, they start to actually see things kind of manipulated around her, uh, things being moved, things being, I don't know, put in ways that like they wouldn't naturally go. Um Doors being like knocked on, things like that, things that kind of do suggest that there is something happening. And so they try to help her kind of figure out how to get away from it. I think that's, that's pretty much they'll it. See the movie. They'll, that's if, they, if they haven't figured it out, they'll figure it out then. Uh, but one of our favorite parts about it is that it was both shot in Detroit and the movie itself also takes place in Detroit. And yeah, yeah. we love Detroit. We named uh, our podcast after it. We do. It's in the title. Uh, so a couple places, there's a lot of a lot of locations, but a couple that like were stand, that stood out to us uh, are places like the Packard plant, 
Oakland University. Uh, and Go, whatever your mascot is. Um, Oakland? Oh, no. no. What was it? U of D. U of D. Oh. Thank you, internet. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. <laughs> yeah. And also Old Red for cinema, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun little place. So we also just found a few fun facts, uh, which we're hoping are right, but the internet may have steered us wrong. We'll find out. We'll yes. yes, please do. Please do. We celebrate corrections. Yes. Uh, so Keep us it, honest. Uh, I had read a couple places that it was based on dreams of the director had had growing up. So this idea of kind of being chased by things that you don't really know, which I've had those dreams. They're creepy. Perfect to make a movie out of. Yeah. Uh, so some of the character names kind of allude to classic horror. Annie, the first girl killed in the film, shares her name with the first girl killed in uh, the Halloween movie. Uh, Jay's full name is Jamie, which uh, possible nod to Jamie Lee Curtis, who is also has a sister named Kelly. And uh, the color red kind of it's said that the color red foreshadows the its arrival. So I was like, I just read this like I read this a couple days ago. I haven't watched the movie since. I'm excited to kind of see if that holds. Yeah, we were thinking about making a game out of it. We don't know what that game will include, but something. Probably drinking. <laughs> and then we literally just have this in our notes. A lot of bad shit happens in water. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, like a lot of urban legends do include water. For some reason, it's like a conduit for things. Um, I said something about Bloody Mary earlier. I know one of the ways to get her, you have to have some water in that mix. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting. And the water was used incredibly well in this because it, it, it's very prevalent throughout the whole thing, which is just awesome. So like the first girl dies uh, near the water. Uh, the, it catches up with them at a lake. Um, there's the whole pool scene. There's just like a lot of amazing water references throughout it. And uh, speaking of the pool scene, uh, the it takes the form of her, like Jay, the main character's dad during that scene, um, which I didn't notice, spoiler. but spoiler. Oh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but also, I mean, I think everybody here has hopefully seen it. If not, then sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, also, the, the shell phone, which we're kind of moderately obsessed with For uh, sure. because that's just, I can't, I, who words, is she? She's different. Yes. Words can't come out of my mouth. That's apparently like, a, she, is, she, is she is different. Love her. Love that for her. Uh, um. But yeah, we found out it was a sixties compact with an e-reader screen, which is just, I, words can't come out of my mouth to describe how amazing that is. That's beautiful. And I think it's a good idea. Cause like, I watch a lot of music videos and if you watch a music video from like 2009, everyone's got a slider phone. And you're like, Ooh, but yeah. yep. I remember 2009. Um, so I think it was smart. It's like, kind of like, so I think we'll get into it later, but like you kind of can't really tell what time periods from. I think it's a it's, really cool geez. like aspect of the film. And really quick, before we really dive into things, I would like to say we always have a cocktail every episode. Oh, for sure. Because it's nice to meet and chat over a cocktail. And tonight's cocktail is made very well by the bartenders here. Let's go over our bartenders real quick. And it's one of my favorite cocktails of all time. And it's the Corpse Survivor number two. It's delightful and delicious. And we're going to try to clink really quick. And we suggest that y'all try it, or they've also got a blood orange margarita. Blood, ooh, ooky spooky, Friday the 13th. Yes. 
So please indulge <laughs> if you feel it. Yes. Um, but now it's the exciting part. Yes. You get to hear voices other than ours. Yes. So we're going to invite out our guests. Do you want to say their names? Oh, you want me to. Okay. I guess I'm saying. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're going invite, to invite out Jess Gillette, uh, Kimmy Lights, and Nellie Smydra. Please come on up. Give it up. Welcome. Scooch on. Yeah, we're we're gonna be real close tonight. Hey everybody. Hi. Feel free to, you know, maneuver whatever you need to be comfortable. Uh, how are you ladies doing? We're doing great. Friday the thirteenth, I'm amazing. Yeah. Doing well. Good. Thank you so much for coming tonight. We're so excited to have you on the podcast. I still can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I'm so happy. So do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself and kind of talk about what your role was in the film? Sure. Uh, I'm Nellie Smidra. I was a first team PA on It Follows, which Ooh. meant that my role was keeping track of all five main characters uh, and getting them through the works, which is how I became close friends with these folks. Also, side uh, note, sorry for saying your last name wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, and uh, so I was uh, making sure that they got through hair and makeup, uh, chasing them down when they went for smoke breaks without me, uh, <laughs> and uh, making sure that everyone showed up on time looking fabulous, which wasn't too hard with uh, these folks. Uh, so my name is Jess Gillette. I was in hair and makeup. I was assisting the department head, Laura Giannino. So along with Nellie bringing the kids along to, we called them the kids, um, bringing the kids along to get come through hair and makeup and wardrobe. Hey, I'm Kim Lights, and I'm the costume designer of It Follows. Awesome. So you guys ready for some questions? Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't so, that be, like, awkward if you were all like, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I had to find the Atra song, and that's going to be a task. So. <laughs> but anyway, so I, like I kind of mentioned earlier how it's kind of hard to place the film in a specific time period. So that, you know, that had to be an interesting task for hair and makeup and wardrobe. Is there how did you kind of go about dressing and styling the cast for this film? Um, well, lots of talks with our production designer, Michael Perry, who's obviously amazing, and David Robert Mitchell. Um, just collaborating and trying to make the film look timeless so that you couldn't spot the decade and pinpoint anything. You know, we wanted to keep it dreamy and mysterious. And I think we did a very good job. At you did an amazing oh job. I love it so much. Good. It, just everything about the, the wardrobe and even like the houses and just everything. It, you can't tell when it is. You're like, oh, that's from the 70s. Oh, that's like the 80s. Oh, that's the night. Like, and current as well. And cur yeah, yeah. Like it just keeps on going up. And I think that's awesome for like longevity and also just like that mysterious quality we're talking about. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah. So this is a fun question. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot this at all three of you ladies. So the, it is always creepy no matter like what form it comes in. <laughs> Absolutely. And what form would scare y'all the most? 
There was this uh, old woman who walks through the campus of oh, uh, yeah. UMD, yeah. and uh, you don't see her before. She's not someone that you recognize from the characters of the film because you you know it, it, it comes. It manifests in all these different ways. Sometimes it's someone that the character knows. Sometimes it's someone, it's this, you know, giant or something. Uh, but the old woman walking across campus in this kind of disheveled nightgown was really startling because there's all these young people and they're at college. And so she just seems so out of place. And it's that like kind of locked eye, uh, slow walking, not in the right spot that was very unsettling. Which I think is kind of a theme throughout the whole film is that it, it's it's just really kind of this mood of something's not right. She was really jarring to me. She had like a knee brace on and just because she looked like she could be anyone's Nana, you know, yeah, is what was so creepy about her. Nana who got out of the home. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Nana on the run. Yes. Um, I think the tall man, hi, it's Kimmy. Um, I think the tall guy was the scariest for me um, and hardest to dress. He was, Rebecca, how tall was he? He was like, an actual giant. Yeah, he really was. Oh my wow. gosh. Yeah, and as. One's so just those, a sweetheart. Too. Those of you who can't hear, he is an actual giant who's over seven foot tall. Just to reiterate. Yeah. So, um, if I saw him coming at me, I feel like I could take the grandma, but <laughs> that is totally fair. Him? No, no. I don't climb trees. So. <laughs> I always like to try to think of like, if I were in the situation, what would the it take if it was coming for me? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And I feel like that would be like the form of my mother or my father, like people I'm very, very close with that, like to see them in a scary way mm-hmm. would be the most unsettling. Like the person you would go to, to help you in a situation, they're the ones that are coming for you. So mm-hmm. I think the fact that the it can take on someone that's close to you just to get closer to you that unsettles me. So Danny's mom. Yeah. 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 And by the way, she was wearing vintage Christian Dior in that scene. Oh, wow. I know. I know. (laughs) Sorry. It was really good. (laughs) And I think you, you had a, you had an it that would scare you. Oh, my old boss. That's who I came up. When I was writing this question, I was like, who would scare my old boss? You know, so like when we were, Literal talking, nightmare. When we were talking about our questions, I didn't have an immediate answer. But right now, I think a cute puppy would be the scariest <laughs> it because I would want to cuddle it and know that I couldn't because it would kill me. <laughs> that terrifies me. Like my dog. I just want love. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we already kind of asked about the shell phone, but did you guys actually like? Was did the screens? I'm sorry, I'm just so curious about the shell phone. <laughs> did you guys see it? What was it like? Who is she? She's different. Any stories about? I mean, the shell phone was real, yes. but um, I believe uh, you know we did all the scrolling and all. It was in CGI. Yeah, oh, okay. post, CGI post. Okay. So. I mean, that makes total sense. Um, it would be a lot of time, I would imagine, to actually create a shell phone. However, I believe there's a market for it right now. Oh, totally. I'm just going to put that out if there. If they can make the razor again, we can have a shell phone. <laughs> I have a question for Rebecca really quick. Sorry. Oh, yeah. On the spot. Did did Joey Ostrander make that or was that a Michael Perry thing? No, they just 
bought it like on eBay. So they bought it on eBay. It she says. Amazing. And said it was just the shell of the yeah. the, shell of the, shell. the post was all done. There was just a little piece of green material that you could then change and post. Okay. That yeah, it's so genius though. Just going back to that like whole like time period quality, like lack of a time period quality to it. Because well, and also they're teenagers and they're not on their phones all the time. You know, that's I mean, the scariest uh, part. <laughs> they they play Bravo. cards on the porch and uh, it's kind of it, it feels very different than perhaps what it would be like in real life. You know, oh they'd be Snapchatting. This thing's chasing me. LOL. <laughs> I think it's the ghost from Snapchat. <laughs> I like that interpretation. <laughs> um, so we we celebrate like the ookie and the spooky. And I was just wondering, so you guys are kind of immersed in this world where you're creating this thing that has this very ookie spooky quality to it. Was there anything you found ookie spooky that happened around you while working on it, maybe on set or maybe like in, in any capacity? I didn't have enough crew. That was really scary. <laughs> just kidding. Um, just uh, no, no. The, the lake house was kind of spooky oh, because yeah. like it was someone else. I mean, obviously it was a location, so it was somebody else's house. And I remember feeling like it was kind of strange to be there because all of their belongings were there. <laughs> yeah. um, and same for the locations that we had in Clawson in the neighborhood. We had kind of a production house where... Vanities was set up uh, that was kind of base camp where everything happened. Um, then we also had the set across the street. Uh, and so it was, again, kind of like, you know, I always say production is the circus. We move in and spread out. And so being amongst everybody's things is kind of uh, creepy. A question. Where, uh, where was the lake house? Oh, yeah, good question. Oh. <laughs> I'm like Lexington here. Lexington. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it was so beautiful. It was it fall really was. and the weather was stunning. Oh, that's perfect. Um, yeah, I I didn't feel creepy there at all. I was it was really refreshing to I me mean, to be yeah. there and relaxing. The Packard plant probably felt the creepiest just because it was a really windy night. It was dark. Ooh, it, was cold. it was cold. So, so cold. cold. And it's, and it's just, just a creepy anyway. Yeah. Like, you got to be careful where you're going. And like, mm-hmm. I used to know a guy who was like a night guard there and he had some like stories about just like being shot at and such. That's why there was a night guard so that people mm-hmm. wouldn't like, right. you know, mess with it and stuff. And I can't imagine filming there. <laughs> uh, we oh, filmed cool. on Halloween at the Clawson pool. And so oh everybody gosh. was in costumes. School, oh yeah. my gosh. It's always unsettling to be in a school when it's not school hours too. Oh, that always has a creepy feel. Mm-hmm. Or like a closed mall. Like Ooh. that's always creepy. Like you're not supposed to be here. Something bad's going to happen. What are you guys yeah. doing in a closed mall? <laughs> I mean, what do you do on weekends? I do remember having this feeling on Halloween though, where I was like, I think I'm in the right line of business because this grown man's dress is a bumblebee. <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is the place for me. <laughs> it's a great service. Oh, I made the ill choice of uh, dressing up as Mary Catherine Gallagher on that Halloween. Superstar. Oh my gosh. Ill choice. Can I, great question, well, Jess. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, it was an ill choice because I, my job for the day was uh, to reset the pool whenever Micah got out of it. The, um, 
to make sure that it looked like she hadn't gotten out of the pool right beforehand. And uh, so here I am on my hands and knees in my Catholic schoolgirl outfit, complete with uh, knee socks and plaid skirt. And I was like, this is, I wore shorts underneath it. I was like, this is totally appropriate for work. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on my hands and knees drying off this pool deck. And uh, it wasn't until after I was done that um, a colleague of mine came up to me and goes, uh, you know, you just gave all of the camera guys a boner, right? Because <laughs> they were all watching you behind the monitor. And I w had this kind of like post-mortified moment where I was like, oh my God, I went to film school for this. But <laughs> and you were I was say, no, I think you just own that shit. Yeah. yeah just, just own that. But awesome. you were more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innocent at that time. <laughs> you were very fresh-faced and oh. rosy-cheeked and a little naive and not in a I don't mean that in a bad way but so are you saying she was a schoolgirl at that yeah, time? Yeah, she kind of was. She kind of was. So I can see your personality back then why you would have been like this is cool. It was pre me too movement. Very pre. Yes, yes. Very pre. I love that. So I guess moving away from the oogie spooky, was there any like kind of like fun or interesting things that happened on set you guys want to talk about? Everything was fun. Oh my god. We had so like, much fun. <laughs> such we hard so work. Fun. Don't get me wrong, it's such hard work, but it was such a party. Fun. It was such a party. <laughs> it really was. I mean, I met Jess on this movie. I had worked with Kimmy previously on a on a different movie, but we all got really close on this movie and then um the first AD that hired me um, told me he wanted someone to keep track of the actors that was close in their age because they were all like pretty much under 25. And so he thought that the only way that he'd be able to get someone that they would listen to was someone that was kind of their age that could kind of be a part of the party. Um, and that proved itself to be very, very true. Um, and we would go out to the bar every weekend. The first time I ever went to funk night or went to the Majestic was with the whole crew, it was, was with the whole cast and these two. Um, we had hotel parties. We had a blast. <laughs> My favorite story was funk night at the Majestic. Oh. I wasn't invited to that. No, that's a good thing. I... Um, I, I was mom of the kids, like they would come to my hotel room and we play board games, like, oh, no adult board games. Oh, fine. Like, <laughs> against humanity. And, I mean, still. Yeah. Have a good board game. That's great. Yeah. Um, but little, um, uh, Lily Seppi was 15 and the Majestic was kind enough to let me chaperone her in so we could all go to funk night and dance. And um, she thought it was really funny. She kept pulling out airplane bottles of booze and she'd be like, Kimmy, look. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is it? And then I would just dump it out in front of her. It happened three times. <laughs> but I, I'm a mom. So I was like, mm. How mm -mm. big was her purse? <laughs> I, I didn't see. Oh. But um, she was coming up with them somewhere. She was coming up with them somewhere. So I, I, mean, had a I lot can't of, imagine a 15 year old has a lot of places to hide them in yet. No, it, she was adorable, but I think she was doing it just to because to, to, I did it once. Yeah. Why do it again? Yeah. But yeah. Um, she's a great actress and a, a sweetheart. She Such was so fun Aww. to work with. The whole um, cast and crew were fun, talented, 
Um, just a really good time. And I can't say that about every project I've worked on. We were very lucky. Rebecca put Rebecca and Laura put together a very cohesive team that we felt like family. And that's why we're still friends and we all keep in touch cast crew. We all keep in touch and that rarely happens. So there was a lot of fun and a lot of like, like heartfelt fun. Like we were a film family. Yeah. It was great. Like karaoke together. Yeah. Karaoke is how you build bonds. Agreed. Agreed. We should all karaoke together sometimes. Yes. I'm just going to throw that out there now. Yes. Now. Okay. (laughs) We will, we will look, (laughs) we will look at the Google and see what's happening. Um, so I'm sorry, I'm switching it up a little bit. Uh, so what were your, some of your like favorite like uh, pieces of costume or like favorite contributions that you all made to it? Like what, what was your thing that you're like, I did that. Um, wow. And I always like to give credit to David Robert Mitchell's wife, Annie. Hello. Think about that name. Oh, <laughs> um, we met and hit it off and I invited her to join me in the department um, because she was so close to David that I felt like when I couldn't reach out to him, she knew exactly what he was thinking. So she was a big asset to my department and she's an artist. She's a fabulous fine artist painter um, and she was a lot of help. So I always want her to get credit um, she's very humble and gets embarrassed about that. So if you're listening, Annie, you're amazing. I don't know. I I guess my favorite costume would be um, Micah, Micah Monroe, um, Jay, when she's tied in the wheelchair in her pink. I like the little the little yeah. panty bra set because that was a sketch that became real. Oh. So whenever I design and I start from sketches and I get to see that come to life is always amazing for me. It's I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so proud. Cool. And I did that. And so I love that costume. But I loved everybody's costumes and that it's um, I think it's some of my best work. Um, I'm really proud of it. And that's awesome. A really yeah. memorable uh, costume was uh, at the beach when Lily's wearing those socks. Oh my gosh, yes. those socks are oh, so yeah. fun. So good. <laughs> because uh, we had to keep top sticking them every single That's time. That's double sided tape, top stick. <laughs> yeah, because she would run and they'd be like at her ankles. <laughs> For me, Hugh's mom was really fun. Um, because she had this super ball bang 90s mom, <laughs> yes. which I was super inspired by Kimmy's costume because it reminded me of my mom getting ready in like the 90s, curling her bangs, all the hairspray, the cute sweater. Like, mm-hmm. so that to me was really fun to kind of recreate this also vague when is this time yeah. period? Yeah. Because, like, where, like, where I grew up, there's still ladies who look like that. Like, <laughs> it's the look. Also, Danny washing his car is just like classic bad boy burnout. So like, across, oh. across the sh- totally. And I remember it on set and just being like, ooh. <laughs> I grew up on Try to keep him naked as long as possible. Yeah, they, he had a lot of hysterical looks, but they worked for his just goofball character. Yeah, like sweatpants um, and... 
slippers. Jean he jacket. was always in slippers. <laughs> Sounds um, cozy. But our fabulous producers and director gave me a lot of creative freedom, which on bigger productions I never get because there's 20 cooks in the kitchen on on major, you know, motion pictures and television shows. Um, and 20 people need to sign off on something where I could present it to them and we could have a conversation and I could maybe sell the look. Um, and it was either thumbs up or thumbs down. And that's how production design works as well. I wish that um, Michael or Joey Ostrander was, was here with us. I always feel like Joey gets overlooked on these things. And he was an art department. He did. Incredible fucking great job and he's a great guy to work with and he's One of the michigan detroit he was great and he had a vision and and michael perry obviously had a production design vision um and he's my boss too um a lot of people don't know that um on film my boss are producers director and production designer because the production designer is creating the entire look. And so color palettes, um, eras, whatever, we collaborate together. Um, at least I think, I feel like. Those characters have to live in those environments, right? Right. So it has and it to has, make sense. Yeah, it has to be cohesive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when we were at the Redford and Hot Girl didn't have the right shoes? Okay, oh, so the story oh. of how Kimmy and I met. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the, Redford was my first day. I did not start in the very beginning. I came on later, which I was at a point in my life where it was life-changing, and I met my best friend. Anyway, oh. I hire somebody for her. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> so Kimmy is looking at this girl's shoes and they are just not the right shoes for the hot girl. And I was like, what size does she wear? And it was an eight. And I was like, I've got like three pairs in my car. Let me just go run out and grab them. And they ended up, one pair worked. She was finally hot. <laughs> Little red suede booties with the fringe. What was the original shoe? Was it like a biscuit basket? Just like. I, I actually blocked it from my memory. <laughs> As you should. I think they swapped out a couple of people, and that's why she didn't have the right shoes. You guys have such great memories. Like, you're talking about locations and things. I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I'm old. So. so, I had a quick makeup question. Were there any trends that, like, was there any, like, trendy makeup things you tried to avoid? Or was there any, like, classic? Like, what was your kind of, like... I think, in general, avoiding trends was our number one goal. Like... Mm -hmm. Everything was kind of a uh, look like everyday regular people. Like we don't want to take out of the moment that like these are people going through something. Like she's not gonna blow her hair out and have this like summer uh, smoky blowout. Eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Smoky eye. Like it's just not natural. So these were normal everyday suburban kids. You know, fighting a monster. Like there was no need to go above and beyond. Yeah. So, um, it was really low key and I, I liked that about it. Um, also, it's tricky to get that have makeup but not have makeup on feel. Yeah. So it's always walking that line. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're going to admit that we stalked your IMDb because um, uh -oh. we Google like that. And I think we noticed 
noticed that you all uh, worked on the Detroit, not the Detroiters, Detroiters in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And I, so, I want to know. Um, so uh, we, we love the comedy. Uh, and I want to know a little bit about what that experience was like. And did you did you all get to like see each other on that or was it kind of like, yes? Oh, so tell me tell me a little a little snippet of that. Um, I was on there the shortest. I costume designed the pilot, which means I gave the characters their signature look that carried through the series. Jess was at, came over to wardrobe and was my shopper. So she helped in uh, creating the looks as well. Um, it was beautiful. I loved our, our cast on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, they were a delight to work with. Always funny, always charming. Um, we just, and our production uh, office was in the Masonic. And uh, speaking oh, of spooky, oh, yeah, spooky, always spooky. spooky. Yeah, spooky we went on a tour. We have not done an official review of this tour yet. Ooh, on our, okay. our official statement we is it's spooky. really. We've been um, have we've had the Masonic be our base camp. Uh, I mean, a dozen times probably, and it's always fucking scary yeah. something yeah. always happens we found a spongebob costume randomly <laughs> and I, I was wondering no, it was, like, it was a big giant wood cut out of spongebob and then there was also like a, in a cement closet. do you remember the cement voodoo doll oh god you made me put away oh. i like was i was exploring and i found like a dark room and little closet That's and there was nice. this it looked like a gingerbread man but made out of cement. No. It had like a face carved in it, the whole deal. So I took it to the wardrobe room and Kimmy's like, take it back to where you found it. <laughs> so I did. That was the story of that. Was that on Detroiters or was that on Grain? That was on Grain. Ah. That was a Turkish art film that I costume designed that Jess was the shopper on as well with freaky movie. I was begging to be in wardrobe on that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're the glam squad. That started on it, follows. I fucking hate that term. What? No, you don't. I I made a meme about it. It An angry meme. How did I miss that meme? If you send it to us, we'll post it. I was just about the promo for this. This is the first I'm hearing of this. This is this is news. I hate that term. This is news I can use. All right. Really. Okay. Sorry. No. no. I'm sorry that I didn't know this. I'm glad I stopped working on the logo for us. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Well, I can like it. Never mind. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. So we did. We did have one email question. I think it's a great one. So I'm gonna read this to you guys. It's from uh, Corinna. Hi, Alex, Jess, and guests. I'm a huge fan of both It Follows and Detroit Strange. This is a match made in heaven. My question for all the crew members here tonight is: How did you each find out about? enjoying this project it seems like a lot of the crew is from michigan and i appreciate the number of women represented here tonight was the crew really women in a local focus and what was that like rebecca (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i i don't know how i was contacted but i was and i interviewed with rebecca green and laura smith ireland and david robert mitchell and we just hit it off right away. And I do know I wasn't the only one up for it. So thank you. Yeah, we two female producers, so yeah. we tend to hire other women. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> and I have worked for them again, and it was a pleasure. Get in here, girl. And, oh, yeah. Here comes Rebecca. I, I think, you know, when you are making these low-budget movies, 
you can't afford to bring people in as part of it. Right. And so it is, you know, and, and both myself and David Mitchell grew up here and the, the goal was to make a movie here and hire here, but you're also kind of limited as well. And so there was very few people that flew in. And so we had to just find the people that were here. I don't remember how you came to us, but, um, and then, yeah, just hire, you know, hiring, hiring women in department keys. Um, and then kind of went from there, but yeah, no, I would say 90% of it was Michigan based casting crew. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we are unfortunately like running a little low on time. But we always like to end with a game because games are fun. Awesome. So we usually end with two truths and a lie. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell y'all two truths and a lie. And you don't have to agree on one answer. You can all three have separate answers. Because that makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Even if you, especially if you choose three different answers, because then one of you is right and two of you are wrong. And that's really fun for friends. (laughs) What do we win? Um, Bragging (laughs) bragging rights. Oh, cool. You have a sticker. Oh, yes, please. Which we will probably yes. give you anyway if you want. Yes. Um, participation stickers. <laughs> Participate, yes. Yes. Everyone gets a trophy. It's 2019. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so since we are at the film lab, we're in Hamtramck, Michigan. So our two truths and a lie are about Hamtramck. Ooh. So if you know a lot of Hamtramck history, you're probably going to win. Um, so. I'm going to phone a friend. <laughs> so firstly we're going to talk about Hamtramck's name uh, it is surprisingly not after a Polish man uh, has a lot of Polish roots but surprisingly not after a Polish man but rather a German man as the Germans, German farmers were its original settlers number two the city's former motto was quote unquote a touch of Europe and America so kind of on point, uh, and has since been changed to a League of Nations. Number three, at one time, the tiny two square mile city had about 200 bars, making it the city with the most bars per capita in the U.S., literally a bar in every corner. I know that's true. (laughs) (laughs) You've been to the mall. <laughs> Not yet. I tried to participate in. Um, so now we have karaoke and bar brawl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, so just a, a quick recap. So we're pick, we're picking which one's the lie. Yeah, yes. you pick which one's the lie. So um, it is named after a German man, as it was actually um, settled by German farmers. <laughs> its former motto was a touch of Europe in America, and is now a League of Nations. Or most bars per capita at one point. A is a lot. I'm going to go with the German is a lot. Yeah. But I also feel like uh, a touch of Europe in America is true. But I feel like the motto now is you fit in here. Is that a trick <laughs> question? Oh, yeah. That's my qu- Yeah, that's my question. <laughs> <laughs> there are no questions in two truths and a lie. There is just a lie. <laughs> uh, so you're all, we're all locking in with A? Yeah. 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 I'm... Whatever the German. The ger- yeah, yeah, that was the German. Mm. Um, you are all correct. Look at the sticker. So, but That's why you all get stickers. Interestingly enough, it was not. Uh, it, it also was not named after a Polish man, as many would think to believe, since there were a lot of um, Polish. Are trick questions? They are a little bit. Yes, uh, it was named after a French Canadian soldier named 
Jean-Francois Hamtramck, uh, who was the first American commander of Fort Shelby during the Revolutionary War. I hope he follows you know me that? around. <laughs> so thank you, Canada, though, for this gem of a city. Always thank you, Canada. Yes. Always. Um, and as we wrap it up, we just wanted to ask y'all, well, we first of all want to say thank you so much for coming. Thanks for that having you. Just you just made our dreams come true. Yes. If there's anything that you wanted to plug, you know, like a website or you know an Instagram or any projects or anything that you would like to plug today. I'm sorry, we should have warned me. We're, we're, all just like, we're available for hire. Uh, we. <laughs> if you want their contact, you can always contact us too. We 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 share. I'm attached to stuff that I can't talk about. That's fair. Um, look 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 for things. I'm looking for a new agency. My agency in LA is closing. So I'll be a free agent and cheaper than normal for a minute. <laughs> but I I don't know. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Well, um, again, thank you all so much for coming. We're gonna plug a couple things because you know, podcast yes, culture. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what to say. So thank you all for coming too. Yes, thank you so much. Holy moly. Your faces are in the same room as our faces, and I am overjoyed. Also, make sure you check out Planet Ant Podcasts. Uh, that is the network we're part of. There's a lot of other really good podcasts, uh, such as, you know, there's everything from, like, variety shows to um, there's uh, one about The Simpsons. There's one about um, sandwiches. Who doesn't love sandwiches? Um also, if you're around in the area uh, next week, I, I have an improv group and we're going to be doing a variety show that this young man is starring in a sketch in. Uh, yeah, I won't say starring, but I will do the show. Uh, yes, I've seen the costume. Um, and that's going to be at Deluxe Flux on the 18th, which is next Wednesday. And it's uh, it's free. It's by donation. And I'm going to I'm going to leave this last one. Oh, you don't know what my letters mean. I'm sorry. My notes are weird. I was going to say, also, if you have a chance, uh, you know, look us up on the things. If you don't already follow us, look us up on, uh, we're on all the podcast, you know, platforms and things like that. And subscribe, rate, review. And then also, if you need to get a con- in contact with us. You can uh, follow us on social media at Detroit Strange on Twitter and Instagram. And then Facebook, it's just Detroit Strange. And then if you want to email us, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. And thank you again to all of you. Thank you to the film lab. Thank you to the three of you. I have so many thank yous. Thank you to you. Um, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Can I add a plug? Yes. Oh, yeah. Nellie's an amazing producer yes. and she produces commercials for Quicken Loans. She's so talented and a pleasure to work for. She's now a, one of my bosses and just does hair. And if she does a great job. What's the name of your salon? Uh, Chevelle Maxim. It's in Troy, really close to Somerset, so super easy to find. She so does my hair, so... She does mine, too. <laughs> so that's it. Because oh, they didn't put yeah, themselves, no, and they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Hi. <laughs> so, so I guess uh, oh, yeah. that wraps Film up. incentives, film incentives. Write your Congress people, because I started as a PA, and now I'm a department head and travel the world. Um, which is unbelievable for a girl from a real small town. So write your senators and get our film incentives back. 
please. Yes. Yeah, please, please, agree. Please. yeah. Detroit's always had such a strong uh, advertising background because of the car companies, and that still exists. But I got to start my career working on feature films. So coming out of film school, that was exactly what I wanted to do. And I'm excited to be here tonight and to celebrate this movie. I can't believe it's been five years since we made it. Um, all I ever wanted as a teenager was to work on a cult classic movie. And I feel Check. like this is well on its way. I think yeah. it's already there. Um, it was so much fun to make the kind of experience that stays with you for a long, long time. Um, the kind of experience where I, it's cool that the movie turned out great, but that was not even at the top of mind when it was happening. Um, it, it's just an added bonus. The fact that I got two best friends out of the whole deal is uh, just a cherry on top. Um, I love movies. I love telling stories through film i love coming of age stories um i love how well this uh movie was shot it's so gorgeous my g stunning and uh we had a blast making it and so that's what you want when you're making a movie is that kind of experience and i feel Mm -hmm. like we all got that i mean we got paid very little but we had a goddamn blast (laughs) the experience was priceless Sorry to interrupt with all that. Oh, no, 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 no. We wanted to give you guys that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it takes a second to think about it. We probably should have, like, warned you that was going to happen. So that's on us. But also, until next time. Stay strange, Detroit. Hey. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sex and Violence. 